Hello, Sarah. Hello. I want to watch a romantic comedy. You have a freak flag. You just don't fly it. anymore isn't it good it really is yeah i don't think i've ever said out loud in conversation freak flag fly but i know i have said it to myself as like a pump up moment (laughs) like like okay no man you get just just let it fly man just let it fly you got this and i could do like i I go to dead concerts and things like that and that's Mm -hmm. kind of it's like a mantra in that that world oh yeah yeah absolutely it is uh so it's not relevant it's not something that's I've thought about before. Really? Well, again, I haven't. It's kind of in that that jam bandy dead scene. Well, hello there. Hello. And welcome to Romantic Comedy Commentary. dot com for short <laughs> romcomcom.com and this week is part of our holiday extravaganza it's we- the holiday season the holiday season we did this on the last recording okay we have to stop and i didn't know the words and i still don't uh but this week we're doing the family stone yeah which i'd never seen me neither i must say up front i really did enjoy it Oh, yeah, me too. But as I finished it, I couldn't help but think, two movies in a row you've picked, Sarah, where a parent <laughs> dies of cancer. I'm like, just really good at it. I was I like, just what know are you it. trying to do to me this holiday season? Mm-hmm. Like, my God. But it's good. But it's good. Both of them were fantastic movies. And I yeah. enjoyed them. And they were cathartic yeah. and fantastic. Okay. And this one was not as, it was the mother, so it's not as wrenching. But Okay, um, that's good. Before we Although dive. Although I feel like Diane Keaton channels a little bit of your mom you know I, that, like i can see your mom i have a note in here that yeah when i see diane keaton yeah. i see my mom's so there's totally. certain things anything where something and how she moves and speaks and, and like yeah and something with the hair yeah. it's like the same thing i can't believe yeah i thought the exact same yeah. thing and so any role i see her in i have to be very conscious of uh, how like sex heavy it's gonna be because it <laughs> makes me just because even like the one little sex scene in this movie it was it was beautiful but I yeah. became very uncomfortable for a moment. Yeah, that's amazing that you thought the same thing. Yeah. I truly have a note down about uh, no. about the, how she reminds me of my mom. I'm sure Lynn would be happy to be compared. I would, oh, I would think so. Yeah, she's wonderful. I'd be happy to be compared with her. Anybody, I would be happy beautiful. to be compared to. And she's she's a wonderful actress. Yeah. But before we dive into that, I have to talk to you about what I did last night. Okay. And let me catch everybody up because I would not be talking about this if it wasn't holiday related. Last he night. Would, he would be talking well, about it. Well, I probably it. would be, absolutely, but it is holiday related, so it's relevant. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around what it's it was. It's even more relevant. So my mom uh, got tickets to go see a saxophone player, Dave Cause. If mm. you like Dave Cause and his music, I am not making fun of you in the following few minutes. I am just commenting he had on a, this. He had a following, right? I didn't know that, but yeah. apparently. But People I, were there. But I'm just going to describe what. I saw in the situation. Ooh, I bet I could put, if you text me a clip, I could put it up on Instagram. I think I have one. So yeah, I do. could see it. I think I, I think I have one clip. Okay. okay. So my mom bought a bunch of tickets to this thing a while ago, had a bunch of her friends coming. Her friends, a couple dropped, a few of them dropped out because they, uh, health reasons. And so I got Im- brought on to go. Okay, great. Fantastic. You know, free night at the theater, whatever. And then I asked Brian the and Sarah to go mm-hmm. because my mom had extra tickets and they couldn't go. And I literally could get no one else to go. So we had two extra seats. Mm. And so it's me, 
my mother, my uncle, who is, you know, in his 60s, 70s as well. And then mm-hmm. my mom's friend, who as well is in her late 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll spare the long version of the story, but most of the dinner involved talk uh, along the lines of, oh, I can't be on Coumadin. <laughs> I'm dead sick. And I called Sarah's. <laughs> that I was parking- doesn't go well with me yeah no because because and she named a very specific type of test she had and then it, <laughs> it raised her risk for stroke because of this and i mean a very long description oh i called gosh. sarah in a panic prior to going into the show <laughs> she talked me off a ledge i went in this concert started with a light show that would have fit a Pink Floyd concert. <laughs> there were lasers everywhere. There was a giant LED screen behind them. There like, were, if you're not going to have a stroke from Coumadin, you, you will, will have from a, this Oh, they, I'm shocked it didn't have a stroke warning. There were strobes going everywhere and like oh these two big LED or four big LED strips in like a lateral diamond pattern over the, the, the yeah. stage. And, and he comes out and I hope this is the video that Sarah can put on Instagram. He comes out and it's all like dark and they're backlit and he in the sexy sax pose. I just hope he would play the sax solo from Careless Whispers over and over again. All night, it sounded like he was going to do that. And I think that's just because that's what most of saxophone music sounds like. Yeah, it's that or like a Bob Seger <laughs> song. But okay, so it starts and he's just in this very strong pose. And then the LED screen behind him has like an outline of him with the Ooh, saxophone in wow. that. And there's lights flashing everywhere and all this. And like an echo of him? Yeah, exactly. And so they go through this whole, this first number. And then a guy runs out and he was playing like a berry when he started. Like, a, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a Barry, but it was bigger than an alto. It's a big saxophone. It was a big yeah. saxophone. And then a guy brings out Tim after that. He swaps saxophones and he brings out this itty bitty tenor saxophone. Aww. It could not have been if it was, was a, it a tenor f- or a soprano. What is the tiniest one? I thought a soprano. Okay, then it was a soprano. It was about one and a half times the size of your water, but it might have been Aww. 15 inches tall. And it looked, I thought when he brought it out that it was a joke. I thought that he was <laughs> like, just look at this tiny saxophone I, I found backstage. That's genuinely what I thought. And it was like a, it was if you watch Parks and Rec, it was like Duke Silver. There were women, oh, there were really? women going insane wow. for this guy, and he was going up to the stage and doing like this squat maneuver. And I thought he was gonna <laughs> blow his crotch out. I'm dead serious. <laughs> oh, no. He was doing like lunges oh, at different points in the show. He was like back to back with another saxophone player. I'm so angry you weren't there because <laughs> Brian would have walked out about 20 minutes in because it was funny. But after like 20 minutes, the You're joke like, kind of ran old. Enough, yeah. You and I would have been asked to leave because we would have <laughs> no. been. There was a lady singer, and I can't remember her name, but everybody knew her there because she she wrote songs for, I think, like Carol King and Barbara Streisand. She went through a medley of her biggest hits, and I recognize Goose Egg of them. Um, But her voice was unfortunately not what it used to be, Mm. but her clothing made up for the the loudness that her voice could not bring. This woman was, if it sparkled or twinkled, she was draped in it. And she had to have four or five outfit changes throughout the show. Oh, wow. And she came out, or the main guy came out after they had like a a Christmas Christian medley, which Mm. was very interesting in and of itself. There were people like hands up like they were at church. Oh, geez. Yeah. At one point they were doing... Um, Worried about all these uh, oh, older uh, folks. Came upon a... Midnight Clear? No, not that one. There was another shooting. God, there rest you, Mary Jensen. No, but you're in, the, you're in the right, like a minor scale mm-hmm. kind of kind of Christmas song. But they Personal. had lasers intersecting in front of the stage as though like a fence was around the whole thing <laughs> with the dramatic blue backlight. Oh, oh, uh, Come Emmanuel. Oh, yeah. And he did like this whole... This is like the three minor key Christmas songs. And he, and he did like this big... And he was a very good singer. Oh, We Three Kings. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, 
uh, they did not do E3. Mm. But he did this big long. People are losing their minds clapping, oh and then they do goodness. the Jewish section of this the Ooh, thing after that. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. No, no, no. He came out. Made you out did, of sax. He did Adam Sandler's. A Hanukkah what? song. Really? But he didn't change any of it. Oh, no. And he even had people's faces going up on the big screen. And then this oh. other, the sassy lady came out in a sparkly shirt and was like, well, I wrote a Hanukkah song. I'm going to play it. And she started playing it. It was like, not that playing good. Playing it with what? A piano. Okay. She had a piano. Okay. And he was like, ooh, I really like your song. And he starts sexy saxing all over oh, it. And everybody my. comes out. At one point during the show, there was a bass off. There were oh. two bass players going at each other. Okay, and then this, I will probably part. part. <laughs> this is out of control. <laughs> Sarah, it was a step into insanity. And the, the funniest part was, I was the only one looking around, questioning what was going on. Really? Everyone. Everyone was fully in it. And when I got up to leave, really? I left before the encore to get the car. Mm-hmm. We were a little closer up front. In front of us, it was reasonably calm. Back in steerage, people were dancing in aisles wow. for Dave Cause and friends. Oh no, Jeez. so during the, and then as they were having the big uh, uh, Jewish rocking. oh yeah, and when they were doing the big uh, Jewish medley number, mm-hmm. all of a sudden out of nowhere from Jewish the it, from the top of the stage a five foot disco ball dreidel <laughs> drops down <laughs> and it starts sending light all over oh as it's turning. God. The festival of lights. It was. Here's the other thing that I will say about it. The musicianship was very good and okay. it was a very big spectacle show and they yeah, were good musical numbers no, absolutely it's worth going to see but y- it's a lot going on right and i was glad to get out of it i mean i'm so excited to talk about it so oh good but either way this week though well now we're going to talk about a movie before oh. we get into that movie mm-hmm. i also have something to talk about it just happened tonight Ooh. and that is i got into jeopardy no shit. Yeah. Was that why you were acting like a lunatic? Yep. So when I showed up here, Sarah was standing up like a foot from the TV clicking her pen. That's awesome. That's what they tell you to do to practice. Well, I know, but that didn't mean I didn't. I thought you were just doing that like a nut job. You got into Jeopardy? Yeah. Are you even allowed to say it? Or do yeah. You have to like, awesome. What's the deal? Do you know yet? I leave in January. I will seriously book a flight out there depending yeah. on the date. There's a concert around the 17th I wanted to see. So We'd be back by then. Son of a gun. <laughs> back for... <laughs> All right, let's talk off air about this because I seriously would fly out there. Yeah. Yeah, that would be so much fun. Yay. So then yeah. you get to update us on your Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. I know once you do it, you won't be able to talk about it till it airs. Right. But, but if know, you're there, you'll see it. I'm really excited. Yeah. I, I genuinely would book a flight out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Okie dokie. That's my exciting news. That is awesome, Sarah. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. And here I ruined the, the you should have led with that and shot my Dave Cobb stories down. <laughs> Yours are more exciting. Well, but not nearly as colorful. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, let's talk about this movie for a little bit though. Let's do it. Uh this movie mm-hmm. is two thousand five. Two thousand five. Uh, IMDb 6.3 Rotten Tomatoes 53% Metacritic 56 I liked it a lot more Than these ratings I can see why it probably Isn't Doesn't get good ratings yeah. But I sincerely Like this movie Yeah me too uh, I have one Major complaint with it though That I do want to get Out of the way What I was expecting So it's called The Family Stone mm-hmm. The entire movie I was waiting for them to just play one. Sly and the, Sly and the Family Stone song. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was going to be genuinely uh, thank you for letting me be myself. 
and it would be like near the end when everybody kind of comes together like, yeah. before the movie that's what i was imagining it never came and that's no. really my only disappointment with it do you know what the poster looks like no <laughs> you mean the one that has like all their kind of faces no. on it or? it's a picture of a woman's hand and she's holding up her ring finger with a ring on it but it looks like she's flipping the bird oh no yeah no i that's not i didn't know that yeah that's funny yeah well do you want to give a very very quick synopsis of this movie just in case people haven't seen it yes sir uh everyone's coming back to apparently the stone family's house for christmas it starts with Dermot Mulroney and Sarah Jessica Parker coming into Diane Keaton and Craig T. Nelson's house. And she's very nervous and <clears throat> keeps clearing her throat. And Rachel McAdams arrives, who's, I think, the youngest. And then uh, their brother, who's deaf and also gay, and his partner come, where we get the only black person in the entire movie is his partner or husband. And... Uh, the older sister who's pregnant and her husband is working and she has a daughter as well. And then finally, Luke Wilson shows up as the ne'er-do-well prodigal son who apparently smokes a lot of pot. And they all are in the family house and they all don't like Sarah Jessica Parker because she's uptight and she's weird. And Rachel McAdams especially doesn't like her, right? A lot of... Like stuff happens with them disliking her and awkward exchanges. And then Dermot Maroney decides like now is when he's going to ask her to marry him. He wanted her to meet the family first. And Diane Keaton had said she would give him her mother's wedding ring whenever he was ready to propose. But she's pissed and doesn't want him to propose to this woman. So she says no. She's having Sarah Jessica Parker's having such a hard time. She calls her sister to come help. And then she moves over to the local inn because she didn't want to sleep in the same room as Dermot Mulroney. She didn't feel that was proper in his parents' house. And so she had taken over Rachel McAdams' bedroom. Anyway, she ends up moving to the inn. Her sister comes, who is the glorious and beautiful Claire Danes. And everything kind of falls apart. Sarah Jessica Parker ends up going out with uh, Luke Wilson and no one can find them. So Jeremy Mulroney's f- like chasing them, trying to find them with Claire Danes and realizes he has a lot in common with Claire Danes. And then Luke Wilson and Sarah Jessica Parker run into Rachel McAdams guy that, uh, she lost her virginity to at a bar, Brandanowitz from Parks and Rec. Yeah. And um, they try to like work on hooking them back up together. They have a drunken night. Nobody knows where anyone else is. Next day they come back together for Christmas Eve. Diane Keaton admits that she has a recurrence of breast cancer. We get to see a, a, a mammogram scar or um his, oh my god mastectomy mastectomy scar which is pretty intense everything's up in the air nobody likes anyone else christmas morning <sighs> dermot moroni i just saw this they all get every long story short they all get, they all get yeah it all, everyone gets flip-flopped at the end yeah. of the story sarah jessica parker is with luke wilson Ends up with luke wilson and dermot moroni chases down claire danes and she's like i just want to know what you're doing christmas eve or sorry new year's eve I just want to know what you're doing New Year's Eve. And then 
A year passes. They're coming back together. This time, Sarah Jessica Parker is showing up with Luke Wilson because they're apparently together. And Dermot Roney and Claire Danes are together. And the one sisters had her baby. And Diane Keaton is missing. From- She's missing. Was going to make it sound like... She's not there anymore. Not but Brandanowitz is with yeah. uh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it seems to end well, but sadly. I really thought it was a beautiful movie. I really yeah. thought it was. And it they, was. Especially, like, how they... De- I thought it was kind of the Diane Keaton cancer thing. Mm-hmm. It may, they didn't spend, like, a ton of time on it. Yeah. But also, I thought that kind of felt... It made it seem kind of real, because, like, you know, you're not the family's not going to like entirely dwell on that, and it's not going to overtake right. every other thing. Like, and that's right. not what the character would have let happen in the movie. Right. Though I did like it's the kind not of, a cancer movie. Yeah, but I did kind of like there was a moment with the father and son where it was basically like, yeah, it's bad, mm-hmm. and then you see the mastectomy scars when they're just one. I thought is it both or scar? Well, it's just they. He kind of opens her shirt up on like... her. Well, he, he, there was a mastectomy scar then. Uh, but I thought that I really thought it was like a ten. I mean, it was it was a yeah. an honest and re- a way that you normally don't see those things handled. I, yeah. I, I liked it. I thought it was uh, yeah. and it was heartbreaking. But it also is, I think, a good reminder. Like Sarah Jessica Parker at one point gives them all a framed photo as a Christmas present of Diane Keaton when she's supposed to be pregnant with uh, their youngest. Yeah, their youngest. Mm-hmm. And they like, you know, at the end, they kind of show that picture. And it was yeah, just they had know, it like, hanging up like the evolution of family and things, yeah. you know, change and grow. And it's chaotic. Oh, that picture was so beautiful. It really was. That was her probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I liked Rachel McAdams in this being nasty. I really liked her doing this. Oh, I know. She and was young such and a rebe- good bo- rebellious. But I was know? so into that too. From the minute she hit the screen, she pulls up in a beat up Volvo, a t-shirt and kind of like a frumpy mm-hmm. skirt thing. Like she's just doing her thing free spirit. Yeah. And I liked her being I nasty. I think there's literally no way that that woman can seem unappealing. We've seen terrible bangs. We've now seen rude. But she was in Mean Girls. She was nasty too. She was in Mean Girls? She's Regina. That's Rachel McAdams. Oh, it is. Yeah. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Is it seriously? 100%. I'm looking this yes. up. Oh, well, son of a bitch. That is her. Mm-hmm. I even like her when she's being super nasty. Yeah. Oh, man. With she's bad the, hair. She's the best. I know. Um, okay, so the director's name is pronounced Bazooka. Thomas Bazooka. Delightful. Yeah. And he said, or they said he put the cast through several weeks of rehearsal so that they would bond. And they also had to learn American Sign Language. Oh, yeah, So that yeah, they'd yeah. be able to communicate in a natural way. He thought that was really important. Mm. I think this movie is a really good example of representation, but being done, like, well. Like, yeah, yeah there's a deaf guy in it. Like, they don't... It, it's, they don't it's, dwell on it. It's there, but it's not... Like, it's yeah. never a big deal. It's never really a plot mm-hmm. other than he's there and they do sign and all that. Or, right. Um, like they don't initially make any deal whatsoever of his brother being in a you know, being gay mm-hmm. or being married to a right, African American. It was just, it wasn't yeah. addressed, and when it was addressed, it it made sense in the context of the movie. Yeah, like it, it was only brought up for a, a good reason. It was never put out there. It was just it was there. It felt yeah. very normal, and it made it feel like a family for. All mm-hmm. families' differences and faults, and I really like that. You know, like, if you were on Thirty Rock, he'd be called Twofer because he's deaf, and deaf. Oh, deaf. He is deaf and gay, so he's a Twofer. Remember Twofer? Oh, is that why Twofer was called Twofer? 
because he was black and went yeah. to Harvard. Oh, I didn't Those know. Those were his two. Oh, okay. I haven't, <laughs> He's I haven't a twofer. Watched, I haven't watched 30 Rock in oh. forever. Okay, so this will blow your mind. Okay. Billy Crudup was originally supposed to play Everett from Big Fish, Billy Crudup. Oh, really? Yeah, from um, Almost Famous. Oh, him. no way. And then Aaron Eckert was, and he had to drop out too. And then Johnny Knoxville was supposed to play Luke Wilson's character. Okay. You that would be me, fun. That would be fun. And two, Johnny Knoxville, the handful of things that I've seen him in, like acting wise, he's actually not that bad. He was in. Oh, yeah, he's good. He, he, he yeah. I think he's really good. Like he was in, uh, I mean, granted, I'm going to name action movies, but he's in that <laughs> one with uh, Walking Tall with uh, Dwayne Johnson. He was yeah. in the one called The Ringer that caught a ton of oh, heat because yeah. it was like it was making fun of special needs people, but yeah. it in fact it wasn't what people thought and it actually right. had special needs actors in or not. It, Right. Special need. MRDD, I think, is the technical mm-hmm. term, right? Yeah. yeah. But actors in, I thought he was really good in that, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a pretty decent actor. I would yeah. love to have seen him in this. But I love a Wilson brother. Well, Rachel McAdams really got her fill of Wilson Brothers because she was in Wedding Crashers the same year oh, with you're Owen. Right. And I've always loved Luke Wilson. Like, I loved, loved, loved him in Royal Tenenbaums. Mm. And he was great in um, old school. But I didn't realize until this movie how much he sounds like Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. How similarly they say their vowels. Because I think Owen Wilson is such a unique vowel sayer is mm. wow you know how he does that yeah and i heard that a little bit in luke's voice and i was like oh yeah i can finally see that they are brothers there and okay so our listener cody mm-hmm. he pointed out that this is gonna blow your mind in okay. fever pitch yes the guy who plays patrick who comes to the door um is that the other wilson brother brother. oh my god isn't that crazy that is you're right yeah that's him oh my god yeah i didn't know that cody you're a genius wait is he an actor not cody not really i mean cody might be we we don't know cody cody we hope you are yeah but but the other wilson brother is he an actor he's just like a guy he doesn't do a lot but that's amazing yeah Oh my god! Isn't that crazy? Well, that's that's just lovely. So the Wilsons are everywhere. Man. Oh my god, I love it's them. It's like the Wilsons and the Hemsworths. Yeah, they're like, just everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's, I think Craig T. Nelson plays a killer oh, dad. He's so good. It, well, he's good in everything because uh, he can play really nasty, like Devil's Advocate. He was a fantastic, creepy bad guy. I've never seen that. It's movie. not that good, but it's worth seeing. Okay. It's. A, well, I always it, think of him as Coach because I grew up seeing him. Uh, a friend once gave me the best present out of nowhere and it's in a box somewhere and i need to find it he just showed up at my house one day in high school and hey here's a a coach hat signed by no signed by dauber oh no way patrick it was a purple coach hat from from, uh spongebob yeah and i was like wait a minute why like why you couldn't get i i remember i asked like why isn't it craig t nelson he's like you would want Dauber. That's who you'd want. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of the conversation. That's why. So somewhere I have a purple, uh, I forget if it says coach or if it's the Minnesota Screaming Eagles, but I think it was just huh. said coach on it, but it is signed by, wow. he told me Dauber, though wow. I've never had it authenticated. And it would even be funnier if he just found the hat, signed it, and then told me it was Dauber. So either way, this is a <laughs> great story. Because you'd like Dauber. I, apparently I love That's Dauber so in his head, funny. though we never talked about Coach. Yeah. But I think he's so good in this as a dad. And even going into like The Incredibles, he just has a real good dad oh, vibe God. to him. So good in that. And I, I like in this how they kind of, 
I don't want to say like push him around a little bit, but mm-hmm. he kind he kind of knows when he needs to kind of like hang yeah. back and when he needs to step forward a little bit yeah. more. He's not like when a he's doting coming presence. downstairs to try to tell them that he just found Sarah Jessica Parker in Luke Wilson's room, but Diane Keaton's in the middle of a fight with Dermot Run, and she's like, "Not now, not now, Kelly." And his name's Kelly. I have a really soft spot, as we've talked about, for guys with girl names. Girl names. Well. Like traditionally it used to be a boy's name and i like that i like it <laughs> kelly was my cat's name Aww. my male cat they do feel like such a family They're in so this. good they really they, i mean they felt like an yeah. honest to god Rachel family McAdams fits that role of angsty younger sister so well when i oh my god yeah in the in how she was just nasty. when she says well i don't really care what you think and she tilts her head and goes of course you do it's like such a brutal line. Like, uh. did you ever have a hard time meeting any like exes families? Have you ever had to go through anything that was kind of like an awkward no. meeting experience? Really? Not r- no. That's boring. You no one ever gave you like a little like a little shove or anything. No. Ah. I dated a guy who was the eighth of nine kids. Woof. And I've known him since like first grade, so I knew his mom. But she was like, no nonsense. Do not f around. You know, we don't have time for you kind of lady. Mm. But nobody really, no. So you've never had... Then it's ever, a boring story. I know. Have you ever done really many holidays with other people's families over the years? I mean, like... No. Jeez, man, you're giving Mm-mm. me nothing. See, that's my wheelhouse. I have spent so many holidays with other people's families. <laughs> so, I mean, I have, but it's always been positive. Oh, no, I'm not even saying like entirely negative, but just any sort of like really awkward. Okay, so here's really the thing I'm getting at. Anytime you go to these family <laughs> gatherings, I think this kind of does, it doesn't really address it as much as I would like it to. There's always that moment where you are clearly that no matter how much they make you feel uh, mm-hmm. involved in it, there will be some inner family squabble where oh, you are well, yeah. clearly the outsider <laughs> in a moment. And I remember we went to Hawaii. My family did at one point and I brought the girl I was digging at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, you know, later I was like, you know, well, that was a pretty fun trip. She was like, yeah, yeah. And it, it wasn't like, you know, too awkward. I'm like, it was awkward at some point. She's like, yeah, your sister and you got into it a lot. And every time you did, your brother-in-law and I would just like look at each other in motion like we wanted to leave the table. It's like, because <laughs> no. you guys would just be yelling at each other. Oh, I'm like, no. oh, I didn't even know we yelled at each other. She's like, oh yeah, you did a All lot. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I am, I am very aware of, of that. Brian's grandpa took a Christmas picture with me in it and then with me out of it when we were engaged, just in case we didn't get married. <laughs> I have. Well, let me let me walk you through the the just uh, in case. the photo thing. I have a move because I've been to a lot of gatherings with girls I've dated mm-hmm. and, and not, I've, I haven't dated a lot, but I, I've been to, you know, three, four, mm-hmm. you know, different ones. And the trick I've come up with Sarah is be, to be the photographer. Bingo. But yeah. you, but you, but you move immediately. You don't even make that awkward. Like you want to hang around. You make it clear. You're going to the front and mm-hmm. you're reaching to grab the camera and you're even starting out saying like, you know what? I'm a fantastic photographer. Let me take care of this <laughs> one. And you, ta- and you remove because it's, mm-hmm. so, it's just as awkward for them. It's just oh no, awkward. it's not awkward for him at all. I won't say in general, maybe not for him <laughs> specifically, but most people in general. Yeah, I, have I the- was the official photographer the first two years, and then the third year it was here one with you, Sarah, and then one without. <laughs> there was a girl I dated when my sister got married, and we had just kind of started dating not super long mm-hmm. before, and 
it was like in that zone where I could have invited her to the wedding, but it wasn't like really weird that I didn't because we would, you know, weren't dating that long. Yeah. And what tipped the scales was I was exactly what you're saying. It's like, man, if this goes south really badly, <laughs> I don't. I know my mom will have photos from this hung in her house, and I don't want to risk a girl that being in the background. In. Yeah. Man, Justin did a real good job on that <laughs> oh, dice no. roll because no pictures of her, and it did end Jeez. badly. Oh, oh okay. no, it ended badly. So it's real good. There's no photos of that oh. anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think for most people that is, it is kind of awkward because Katie, uh, when I dated a girl named Katie, who's just delightful woman, she would do the photographer thing. Mm-hmm. But then like my dad would usually call her back into the photo. Oh. And I think that's the move is take the photo and then that lets them if they want to invite you in, mm-hmm. you know, then they can. But but I've seen people. No, where Fonzie they, would just yell family only. Well, that's awesome. Well, Fonzie <laughs> is a special or, case. Or he'd go right up to whoever wasn't. You know, Mary, can you take this? You know, he would put, do the initiative. Is that when you knew you were in? Was when you, there was a family and a family? Or did, was it literally until you got married? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't be in until you're married. That's fantastic, <laughs> Fonzie. I love that so much. So Fonzie takes the Christmas card very seriously. This is Brian's grandpa, who's the friendliest man in the world and sends over a thousand every year. He, he's in his late 80s. Late mm-hmm. 80s? He's 80. Late 80, eight. 88 and became a insurance salesman right he does reverse mortgages or mortgages either way he got like like that what like a third fourth career in his 70s or 80s he's 70s yeah he's awesome yeah awesome i I was talking with capital i don't know to to show how cool he is i (laughs) dropped my phone when i was talking to him shattered the screen and my day was still awesome (laughs) i I didn't skip a beat because he was keeping me so happy at our wedding after party he stood by the door forcing everyone to take swigs out of a bottle of vodka and he at that time and currently but at that time had been sober for like 40 years (laughs) it was like so wait, what is this that you say that he does to so Christmas cards? Brian's a graphic designer, so he relies on Brian to tuck people's shirts in and <laughs> clean them up and take red eye out and then Photoshop babies who haven't been born yet into the picture because they will be born by the time the Christmas, the Christmas card, card comes wait, out. So what is Brian? Does Brian just have to? Find like a random baby that looks. No, he cr- waits until the baby's born. Oh, okay, okay. I was imagining that the baby was to, born like, in between Like, there's a picture printing. of me with Emma basically sitting on my shoulder, like a parrot, like like stuck onto the side of my arm. <laughs> that Fonzie was like, "We have to put her in here." And Brian, did you do that one? Had to cut her out and like stick her to my arm, even though we were on a cruise in the picture. And I was like 10 weeks pregnant, like not that pregnant at all. And then what he made, he made Krista hold her arms like this so that they could Photoshop her baby into it. No, he makes people pose knowing. Yeah. Like I'm sure Krista's like seven months pregnant with their third one. I'm sure he's going to make her do that again. Okay, you got to give it to him in his <laughs> 80s to have that to, you know, in his 80s to know that Brian can do that that well yeah. and to plan ahead like that. That he is and he's persistent. Awesome. You're oh, not going to get oh, out of it. Oh, you mean the guy that is forcing people to take swigs of vodka leaving a wedding is persistent? No, entering a room. Oh. <laughs> in order to come into the after party, you had to take a swig of vodka. Yeah, he was unique. And he was there until the party was over at oh, like one thirty two in the morning. There is one thing in this movie that is one of my favorite things to do in life. And I've gotten really good at it. And this isn't going to shock you one bit. It's uh, 
someone's like yelling on the someone takes a fake phone call at one point i think oh yeah 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 taking the fake phone call i am really good at taking the fake phone call and the reason i got so good at it well i used to do it in college when i had like a flip phone and i was at parties and it was like a good excuse to leave a party but the reason i got good at it is when i had employees and i just didn't want to deal with their shit like you know they were giving me like a long long story that needed to be shorter mm-hmm. i would pretend to see a phone call pick it up and go all right can we just speed this along <laughs> okay yeah 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 i know yeah. i gotta take this okay yeah what can we do and I'd, I'd have to get out of earshot That's and then funny. pretend to be on the phone long enough Ooh. that they kept doing what they were doing so i'm really good at the fake phone call mm. so when i saw that happen in this movie i was like masterful <laughs> i can That's do a- that oh, too i don't know that i've taken a fake phone call because in a situation because of either you or brian but i'm mm-hmm. sure i've taken one in a situation you have been around for oh really i have no doubt huh. oh i leave rooms i won't say all the time but if there's an <laughs> awkward situation in a room i will fake a phone call in a huh. heartbeat but you'll never know because i'm i carry the conversation mm. and i get creative on the conversation too it's not just like yes oh one minute let me leave yes, the room. Yes, my name is Justin. So keep your eyes peeled, Sarah. And in the coming months, maybe you will <laughs> I catch can't me. Wait. I would love nothing more than you to call me out on a fake phone call. Be like, show me the phone screen. Let me see the phone Let me screen. See it. Like, well, now I take all my calls with the, the menu. <laughs> That's <then>. funny. <laughs> there was one other phone related thing in this movie mm-hmm. that I thought was outlandish. And yes. you have to agree with me on this. Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker takes a phone call and wants privacy and proceeds to kick them out of their the room in their yeah, house but it's her room that's where she's staying that night but i thought she was staying there with with the other girl or something no well but still at the end of the day yeah you tell me you're gonna go into a situation where you, no they're way. already riding your ass <laughs> mm-hmm. and you already are making the best first impression you know fairly or unfairly and you're gonna ask them to leave the room in their house like yeah i need to take this phone call and also would anyone ever call in assistance like that? I feel like that's not a thing that would ever, under any circumstances, happen. You think so? I don't think it would be because it's like, hmm. my okay. So Sarah Jessica Parker in this movie seems to really roll over super duper easy on everything. Like she doesn't stand up for herself in the begin for most of the movie. She eventually kind of does, but yeah, or she eventually does, but she rolls over real quick on everything in the beginning. And what? Then, I don't see that at all. They walked all over her in the beginning. She. Most, is super persnickety about she's not sleeping with Dermot Maroney. Mm-hmm. She's willing to kick Rachel McAdams out of her room. She has everything her way and she gets a little crap for it and then calls in her sister. That's how you're seeing it? See, I, I think she's very unpleasant. She is incredibly unpleasant. But I don't, but see, I didn't think she was really even sticking up. Like if, if I went into a situation like that mm-hmm. and someone's family member was giving me the level of shit that rachel mcadams was yeah i would have i would pull them aside almost immediately and just say what we're gonna need to be around each other no matter what yeah what is your issue with me because Girls we need to get out of the so way much. okay because that again i'm coming from a different perspective here but yeah, i see to me that, that was not standing up first <laughs> i mean that's what would have been standing up well, for and also she's trying to be respectful of them She's trying to. You know what, though? No, girls do do that because I went on a vacation, a Christmas vacation at that, with a girl's family that I was dating, and her cousin didn't like me, and I didn't know it, and I didn't care, but the but the girl I was dating told me that she eventually went to her cousin and just went, 
What's your problem with them? Well, she did because they're family. Yeah, but I'm saying but they're I, family. I didn't even know that she didn't like girls me. But that who was don't girls going know oh, each other. Okay, don't okay, really okay. Do that. Then that's fair. That's fair. Family does. Okay, yeah. then that's a fair. <laughs> and I think she just God. What was it? Oh yeah. Well, I think she thought I was arrogant, which yeah. I which I I'm not, but yeah. I can see how. Oh, you, am I? You didn't seem to. You, oh. No, I said no. Oh, okay. I thought you went, oh, I'm like, gee, oh my I don't Lord. think you're arrogant. I was going to say, I never would have thought of myself as self-aware, but I would at least <laughs> imagine that I, I'm not arrogant. Uh, and I don't think I'm arrogant, but I can see how to the in the wrong number of meetings that someone could get that idea. I can be very boisterous. Mm-hmm. I can oh, be sure. dominant, uh, unintentionally domineering in a conversation. I come off that way, same way, too. Yeah, I could. Well, yeah, but you're not. Again, but you're I'm not. not. I'm I, just... Have a lot of energy sometimes yeah. and want to share things. Well, and what I've noticed is the people that do find me to be uh, r- rub them the wrong way mm-hmm. tend to also be very strong personalities. Like people with strong yeah. personalities either very much like me yeah. and we're on the same boat, or I rub them the wrong way yeah. to a degree that they will hate me mm-hmm. badly. So, in the vein of being opinionated, mm-hmm. which Wilson brother is your favorite? Owen. I don't even Without need to hesitate. Yeah, I don't even need to hesitate. Really? Like, there's just something about Owen Wilson that brings me in. He has this mm. this uh I don't want to say boyish charm, but he just kind of does. And the way mm. I like I like how he delivers his line. He has that a very unique cadence when he talks. It's not just how he says words, it's like the mm-hmm. pacing, the way he walks has a certain his, <laughs> his vocal walk has a strut to it. And I dig <laughs> that a lot. One time, and I may have mentioned this before, someone said I looked like Owen Wilson out in public. I remember vividly where I was. I was at the Halloween uh, store that used to be on mm. Bethel Road, and we were in there just shopping for something. Me and a buddy person was like, Has anyone ever told you you look like Owen Wilson? And my friend was a huge Owen Wilson fan, <laughs> uh, fan. and he just went, no. no. No, he doesn't. Do not tell him that. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean to you, dude. You don't. Oh, no. And I was like. It's just you sound kind of like. Thank, and I'll take that. I yeah. love that. I wish I could get. I, I don't. I think I'm a little more frantic, you know, when I talk than he hmm. is. He's, he's a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> I'm in a hurry to be somewhere. You know, I don't know where that's going to be. So hot right now. Which Wilson brother do you like the best? Luke. Oh, I looked up the Wilson brother. Uh, yeah. And, and not only. What's his name? Uh, I don't know. I didn't see that part. It. <laughs> uh, it's Wilson. Wilson Wilson. Holy shit. It actually. Oh, uh, Andrew Wilson. Andrew Drew Wilson. But he was he was not just in uh, Fever Pitch. Uh-huh. He was in another Drew Barrymore movie that we've done. What? He was in Never Been Kissed. Really? As a school guard. And he was in Charlie's Angel with Drew Barrymore. Wow. What's yeah. their thing? Oh, and also, wait. A Are movie, they related? He was in a movie called Whip It, which I think. Yeah, think with Barry- Page. Well, I think Drew Barrymore directed it. Oh, I think. Let does me he look have that a up. thing with Drew Barrymore and Nancy Javonin or something? I, I'm going to be very honest with you. He may, and it very well may be exposed in this article I have up on the screen. <laughs> I have not made it very far into it we'll other than... we have to post that article. Um, yes, Drew Barrymore did direct Whip It. Oh, so he, this dude is weird. all over Drew Barrymore's movies. I can't even remember what he looks like, but I love Luke Wilson. He just has those soulful eyes, and he's a little like slower than than owen less less energetic Mm -hmm. more laid back kind of steady i don't know i really like him i like him too here's a picture i love him in rushmore oh yeah oh he's really handsome (laughs) which one all of them no andrew andrew he's the he's the looker of the family i've got to say with um, he's like Three inches taller than them. He is substantially taller than them. With Luke Wilson, I feel like he has bigger, um, like 
jawline mm-hmm. that just feels wider, if that makes sense, than the other one. Yeah, he has a very specific jaw. Well, like when he like um, when he shaved his beard yes. and tenon bombs, yes. it's like everything it's like, else shrunk sh- down except the like so jaw thin. point. Yeah, but his jaw, the yeah. bottom of it, stayed his way beautiful out. Eyes. His beautiful mm-hmm. eyes. I enjoyed. And Luke Wilson was in Home Fries with Drew Barrymore. It's like a whole Wilson Barrymore thing. Yeah. What does it mean? Ooh. What's happening? <laughs> we need to dive into this. We need to dig deeper. We need to dig around in there. <laughs> Wilson Barrymore. What's happening here? Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, and the one quote that did, it, I felt so much, so much, because I've been in, you know, like anybody, I've been in situations where I feel like maybe I'm being looked down upon unnecessarily or yeah. not being given my proper due for whatever reason. <laughs> and when it all goes to hell at the end of the movie, during kind of Christmas mm-hmm. and she's she spills everything and she's going I'm just as good as any of you and <laughs> what Diane makes you so special and Diane Keaton's going yeah you are honey and Rachel Gavin's going you're probably better even <laughs> yeah I have you have no idea how close in my life I've been to screaming that at oh, people no. before just like I'm just as good as you asshole <laughs> wait what was she making but she called it like a strata okay right? so you don't know off the top of your head no it's like an Italian thing that. Kind of like baked eggs. It's like a casserole. Okay. So I don't know if it has bread in it, but it definitely has like vegetables and eggs. It almost looks like she had cookies or something on top. Like there was something on top of it that it wasn't was almost egg. like a pasta or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it looked... Like a folded pasta. It looked really good when it yeah. spilled on the floor. Well, it was going to be when it was cooked. That yeah. wasn't... That but was know, uncooked. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying is yeah. that even uncooked, it looked delicious. Yeah. And then when it fell on the floor... And I thought that was really sweet of her that she was trying to... Do something. Yeah. And like when Diane Keaton was bitching about the coffee and she's like, I'm sorry, I was just washing the pot. Like she always walked into bad situations. She did. And even the one at dinner that she had. How are you going to, that one is pretty rough. No, no, it's, it's terribly rough. But I think what she was trying to get across was just this idea of. It it's still at that time and place was a very difficult thing to navigate mm-hmm. within the world. And I think she was just kind of saying like How could you choose you, or how could you, you want that? You for would your never kid? you would never want to make your kids' life harder. You would right. want them to be the happiest. So they but were at that at time dinner, and place. And Claire Danes was there too, and the family clearly warmed right up to her. Oh yeah, they and they, they loved her came right away. Right on board with and her. And she said something slightly impertinent. She said, I'm sorry if this is too personal, but um, the gay couple was trying to adopt a baby and she said, do you have, do you care what race the child is or do you have an opinion about race? And she's like, I'm sorry if that's too um, personal. And then they said they didn't care. But I think that opened Sarah Jessica Parker up to feeling like she also needed to ask a personal question, mm-hmm. but she couldn't like pull it off like no. Claire Danes could. Yeah, And she's like... What did she say something about? Diane Keaton was talking about like, wishing you, that all three of her kids, all three of her sons were gay. Yeah, that was it. And she said, would you, would you really, did you really want that for your children? Did you really wish that they were gay? And she's kind of balks. And rather than letting the question hang there, she continued on and kept 
making it worse and saying yeah. like, well, I just I don't know why you would choose that. She for kept your explaining child. herself worse and, and worse it got and worse. worse and worse. It was and a very good representation though bad. of a slow motion car crash conversation because yeah. that's how they happen. Is yeah, I don't know how keeps, you come back from that. Oh, you really? You, well, it seems like they, after the fact, kind of maybe were able to understand. The, what she was trying to get out with absolutely no tact whatsoever. Yeah. But the problem you know. is, if I'm her, mm. I'm fucking out of there. I've made a mistake that I can't come back from. Okay, maybe I'll then have a drunken night with my boyfriend's brother. Sure, maybe I will. And then I will leave and break up with my boyfriend and not ever go back to that family. I'm not going to then decide... I like him because he told me a dream about snow and then start dating him and still be in that family and have to deal with my ex being at every family gathering. What? Yeah, that's not uh, only have I hugely put my foot in my mouth in an almost un, you know, fixable way, but now I'm chaining myself to this family in an incredibly awkward way. In an unthinkably awkward, never would this happen way. Like two things that you're just like, no. Explain this to me. Mm-hmm. Dermot Mulroney had one night of walking with his sister he never For met. For apparently what, half an, an hour? hour? And decides Maybe to change. An hour? He goes from wanting to spend his life with her sister. This is her. This is the one I'm going to marry. To 30 minutes with this other woman. Who's her sister. Who's her sister. And number one. They're supposed to be looking for her. And the whole freaking family is just like, good night. Like, oh, we've been walking around downtown. Number one, if you know your brother well enough, you know he's at a fucking bar. Yeah, and that town the town's can't have... not very big. Yeah. Number two, you don't find her, so you just go to bed. You're like, good night. Yeah, and he tries what? to get... And he tries... To then get into her room. Yeah, into Julia, or her name's Julia, into um, Claire Dane's room. And is like, do you want to have coffee? And she's like, no, this is too much. Yeah. Like. What, what are you playing at, buddy? Buddy, it's one night and your fiance is still missing. Or your girlfriend is, you don't know where she is. You literally don't know where she is. The only thing is, she's probably with your brother. So maybe that'll make you feel better. But you should fucking know where your brother is. He doesn't go too far. Yeah. And you're skeezing on her sister. Also. Like if I were in downtown Cincinnati looking for Brian in a place that I don't know all that well, I would know where to look in a much, much bigger city. I could probably find him. (laughs) Like, and if I grew up there and know everyone around, I could call many people. They fucking know Brandanowitz. He's an EMT slash cop or whatever. Like, how worried are you about this woman? They were not super worried about it. No. He's like, maybe I should go back to Hong Kong. They didn't seem to have much chemistry to me at all either. I I mean, I did like... He liked her. She didn't seem all that interested in him. Yeah. Yeah. What I want to know is, what the hell does she see in Luke Wilson? Like, what is his winning characteristic? Because at first... She's getting in the car, getting ready to go to the inn, 
and waiting for Dermot Maroney to get in the car. And Luke Wilson comes out and stands there with his crotch level with yeah, her face. Yeah, that was weird. And is like, I had a dream about you last night. And like has his hands down the back of his pants and is wearing jammies and like stretching out. And she's clearly disgusted. And he's like viewed as a loser who smokes a lot of pot and who knows if he has a job and stuff. And then they have one drunken night which ends with them in the car and him telling her his dream, which was... And it was a very beautiful moment of of safety and security, but it's also like, that is the one time you two have seemed to connect to each other. This international businesswoman who has fancy-ass taste and is like, not fucking around, is going to hitch her wagon to her fiance's younger pothead brother because of one night of drinking i'm assuming rumplemans and tequila yeah like what no she's not gonna do that she's not there's no way (laughs) i just don't know but then would her sister also well i guess there was a giant meltdown in front of everybody but her sister i don't and ben's like you don't even love her yeah wilson's like you don't even love her man so this situation with Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. Bonkers why she would choose Luke Wilson. Absolutely. Bonkers why they would not find her that night mm-hmm. if they were all out looking for her. Mm-hmm. Number one, why they would give up. And number two, why they couldn't find her in the first place. Mm-hmm. First place you would go is the bar. Yes. Number three, Dermot Maroney falling for Claire Danes and like... The only moment we have of like a grand gesture is him running after that bus when she decides to leave, which is the appropriate thing for her to do. To leave. Is leave. <laughs> yes. Or number four, Prandanowitz and Rachel McAdams hooking up in the ambulance and being together. And okay, so what of those situations do you think is the most bonkers? Which is which is the, the craziest in, which is the most outlandish? Which would not happen in re- which is the furthest from real life? Which do you find the most insane? Okay, uh, making out in an ambulance not that crazy. No, I don't think so. But with so, a guy you haven't seen and don't seem interested in, years I don't think years, that's weird. At and all. then, well, I'm, all okay. of a sudden you're like, that's, he got me a snow globe. Let's do it. No, that's I do, I do not actually think that that <laughs> that that is that outlandish. To be perfectly honest, I think Brandano's hair grew in. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that that one is actually shockingly realistic. Yeah, I, I think that that's very realistic. I believe his name in real life is Paul Schneider. I don't want to live in that world. <laughs> Brandano. Brandano. Mark Brandano. Um. Okay. Sarah Jessica Parker and Owen Wilson. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Sorry. <laughs> you see <laughs> the, what you want to hear. I see what I want, Sarah. Wow. Okay. Uh, wow. I could play that role. Wow. <laughs> did I ever send you the thing that it was uh, Jack, uh, uh, John Wick, but all the gunshots were or Owen Wilson going, going, wow. 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 Oh, wow. That's it's so awful. wonderful. Uh, I, I think, uh, I think. <laughs> Said Owen Wilson again. Cool. Uh, I think the Sarah Jessica Parker thing, mm-hmm. while outlandish, I could see a girl if she was feeling in a situation unsure of herself and mm-hmm. found one person being nice to her and she was in a relationship that already but seemed then like it wasn't a real. A year thing. later, they're together. A whole year later, they're still going strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that relationship I, based on? Okay, so that that was the second one. I'm nailing I'm taking that one out. There were f- what was the then there was the Third one was 
Dermot Mulroney yeah. dropping everything and going and, for Claire Danes. And then what was the other? There's one. That they couldn't fucking find oh. her. Couldn't find her. I, I, and they would just give up so easily and be like, well, it's Christmas Eve. Good night. Yeah. Hope he it m- all works out no, tomorrow. But, but he might have been kind of mad and in a mood. And I can tell you when I'm pissed off sometimes. But I'm like, like Craig this. T. Nelson's looking for her too. Long story short. And like my, her my sister, answer, her own sister is like, yeah. Good my, night. I'm going back my, to the end. My answer is Claire Danes because I can't see sisters being okay with just swapping a guy yeah. when they were a hair away from engagement <laughs> yeah that's the one i'm saying is a mother's wedding ring away from engagement yeah that's the one that i'm saying is absolutely yeah. outlandish but it's but it's fun i mean yeah. it is fun yeah it's fun yeah. it is and it's fun it has a great christmas morning fiasco scene yes tons and of I physical lo- comedy they all slide through the strata oh, the and into each other and then the brothers fight and knock over the table onto themselves and the chaotic energy in this movie is oh it's great wonderful so many strong personalities no exactly and it feels like a family the whole movie feels mm-hmm. like a family get together where it's everybody just rubbing each other yes. enough not not yes. like a crazy bad but just enough where you're at mm-hmm. any moment it's like you love each other but it just but, one little yeah, spark. There in that was that happened. Going. My dad turned sixty four days, five days after the election mm. when Trump was elected, and all of us voted against Trump. Like we were, it's not like there was a big family division, yeah, or anything. Everybody was against Trump, mm. but all for different reasons. And my brother in law was very angry about the Bernie thing and my sister's like into anarchy and the other sister was very into women's rights. <laughs> anarchy. And Brian is just trying to like deal Not with start it. A fight. My stepmom is like try, you know, Brian and, and my stepmom are very similar. They're just trying to like Keep okay, the piggies, grease the wheels. Here we go. And my dad was I don't know, had all these expectations for his birthday or something. We took a limo to a restaurant and it was both the fastest night I've ever had because I felt like it went by in the blink of an eye and also the most contentious we've ever had. And and it, I don't know if it's because we didn't bring any children, so we were totally Ooh. focused on each other. Yeah. And usually you have the buffer of like yeah, yeah, yeah. paying attention to where your kid is and what's going on. Because we eat dinner a lot together on Sundays. It's not like we don't see each other. We see each other all the time. But it was the first time in a really long time it's just been the adults. Mm. And we were in an enclosed space together. And we fucking fought the entire no. dinner it was just so contentious and i look and back on it now the same side. Yeah. and we just we were just pissed and it's like everybody was pissed about the election everybody felt just angst and like had expectations for the night and they weren't being met and it was like picking at each other and finding offenses and it was just like <laughs> oh god we all love each other but we never want to do that again and it and i the movie did the movie nailed that yeah. absolutely even when you're all on the same side you're still able to get pissed off at each yeah. other <sighs> so judy garland made an appearance in this another trope was referencing another movie referencing oh, yeah, back yeah, yeah. to another movie uh-huh. meet me in st louis is the movie that they showed that they were watching on Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. That the, yeah, the yeah, Susanna, yeah. the pregnant daughter, was watching with Rachel McAdams, who was asleep next mm. to her. And she sings. That's where... Um, is it, it's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, isn't um, it? Is the Judy, the famous Judy Garland oh, song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. 
And I was reading on IMDb, apparently the sound editor took that song note for note and recreated the notes with another version of Judy Garland singing that so that it perfectly matched up and then he could make her vocals better Mm -hmm. because it was such an old sound recording from a movie, you know. And it was just such like a beautiful moment and scene, but they really missed an opportunity because Claire Danes is leaving on that bus, gets on the bus, pulls away. I'm like, thank God. It's going to be more like Roman Holiday where she actually leaves. Yeah, yeah. It's a what if, which is such a better ending. And then the bus stops 200 yards down the lane and she gets off and he's like, Julia. And she's like, I just wanted to know, what are you doing New Year's Eve? And he's like, ha, 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 ha. And then they hug. And it's like, okay, well, they're going to like hang out on New Year's. They should have played the best New Year's Eve song. I'm going to say better than Auld Lang Syne. Okay. It's called What Are You Doing New Year's Eve by Judy Garland. And it is such a beautiful song. I don't think I know What Are You Doing New Year's Eve. I see the Casey Musgraves has recently covered it. Oh, I'd kind of like to hear that. And Ella Fitzgerald has a version here. Maybe it's just too early in the year. Wait. In the day. Oh, but I thought I'd ask you just the same. What are you doing New Year's? New Year's Eve. It's so Oh, that would have been good to hit it right then. It's such a good song. So would that be the ending of the movie you would rather see? Is it kind of the bus going off? Or would yes. you like to or would you like to see it stop him, ask her that play that song fade to black end? Neither the, of them. Neither. Okay. I would prefer mm-hmm. them to have never had that interaction and the bus just drive off. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> And then fade. To, that's the right. And then fade to no, black. And okay. No. And then whatever Sarah Jessica Parker wants to do, I don't know. You know, that's a whole rom commy thing that I think would be stronger, but then not nearly as rom commy if neither girl ended up with either guy, because mm. those are poor choices in both realms for both <laughs> sets of brothers and sisters <laughs> in different ways. But if we're gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna do what are you doing New Year's Eve? That's your moment, man. You've already got Judy Garland in there. Yeah. Like, come on. Such a fucking good song. Like you hit that. It's like, you guys are golden, New Year's Eve, la la la. And then I you know, I liked how it ended with the mom, you know, admitting she was sick, them knowing she wasn't going to be there the next Christmas. I cried like the last 10 minutes of the movie, you know, mm. and then the next year they come back and she's not there, obviously, but they have her picture hanging up. But that's just me. The one thing about that ending that I I didn't kind of like is is you knew that the mom wasn't going to be there, but they were slowly taking the camera around and introducing each character. Mm-hmm. So and you, where they are now. So you were kind of sitting on the edge of your seat like Yeah, this is where, where is she? And I, mm-hmm. I I I don't I don't know. I I it, I don't know that I like that. And that may just be for personal reasons that it was just like, don't tease me on this. Like, we know she's gone. <laughs> like, let's just address this. I thought it was a beautiful ending and how they, they you know, closed in on on the photo of her that Sarah Jessica Parker had gotten all of them. Yeah. That part of the, the only thing is that part of the plot, again, it, I, 
I wish it had a tiny, tiny bit more time paid to it. But I did. I like I said, I like that they didn't center on it. They that mm. didn't bog the movie down. But it also maybe like another two or three minutes on it, even just to make mm. it feel like it wasn't just thrown in there as like a something to jerk you around emotionally. Mm. You know. I I but I feel that. But way. I did like the Diane Keaton in it in that she seemed she portrayed a parent who very clearly didn't have all the answers mm-hmm. and didn't know everything that and was, was going willing on. to admit that. No, exactly. Yeah. And so as I was watching that, I just kept thinking. And she that, does eventually give him the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Even I, though she doesn't agree with Yeah, his but, choice. you know, th- there's That's some... That's the problem with sons. What? Because if you give a oh, guy one. the ring to give to the girl, it doesn't stay in your family. Oh, yeah. Whereas if you have daughters, you can give their fiancé the ring to keep mm. in your family. You oh. Know? And then didn't you... Something with you and a ring and grand, grandma's yeah, ring or something? Yeah, my grandma gave me her engagement ring when she died. So she kept her wedding band um, to be buried in, but she didn't want to be buried in any jewels. Mm-hmm. So I have two female cousins, and we each got one of her rings. And um, it's just a really nice, beautiful diamond. It's not, it's maybe a carrot. It's not huge, but it's really nice, very clear, very pretty. And I see giving that to one of my kids to have, or, you know, their fiance, whoever that may be, to give to her at whatever chosen time. Yeah. And keeping it in the family. So you cried the ending of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The ending I was pretty, I was ready for, especially with the last movie we did, ripping my heart out. And also it was the mom versus the dad. I mean, yeah. I did have a couple of tear up moments where I'm like, oh no, that's like my mom. No, yeah. she looks like my mom. Yeah. So that did choke me up. But what really got me was I think it was when her and Craig T. Nelson were in bed mm-hmm. and he was telling her that they would all be okay. Yeah. That ripped my heart out. Really? Because I know one of the last things I know that my sister said to my dad, like literally the day before he died, where he was not, he was gone. I mean, he, he wasn't, dad wasn't there at that point. He was, was, you know, on so many painkillers and whatnot. And she told him we would be okay. And she told us that. And that was all. And I remember like one of the last things my dad said, literally one of the very last things he said to me before he was really too far gone was, you know, make sure mom's happy mm-hmm. you know and so you know that kind of like i wished i would have reassured more in the moment like yes yeah. we're gonna be okay and and so that moment where he told her that it, it that haunts me that thought because yeah. you know like i look around and i go like i you know i look at myself and i go like i don't know that i've gotten that yet that i could tell him that you know like i it, it really that but really? that that you part well, that part hung with me a lot because there's mm. a lot of weight in that. You want to make you want to make sure that someone mm-hmm. knows you're you're okay. Like it, we're gonna it be good. Started that scene almost started like like lip service, and then it turned into like him really being like, "We are going to be okay." Yeah, yeah. and I can I don't know I can just say that, that that for me that part felt very much like a message that people do relate to loved ones yeah. like you've looked after us enough. You're okay to go. Mm -hmm. We're going to be fine. Like I said, so that, that was the scene that tore me up a little bit. And if, if it would have been the mom saying it to a dad, well then Sarah, I would have cried for the last 45 minutes of the movie, uh, (laughs) as opposed to just tearing up at that part. But I like that part. To me, that was just a beautiful moment of honesty in this movie. My 
my grandpa, my mom's dad died the day after her 30th birthday of lung cancer. He'd been a smoker since he was 17, maybe earlier. He joined the Navy early. He enlisted. Um, and he told her he would be there for her 30th birthday. And then it was like, and now I'm done. Like he would make it to her 30th and then he would not make it any farther, which is just so crazy. It's like the promises you make and then, and then you leave. I think mom, mom told him to, I think mom told me she leaned into him that night and said like, it's, you're okay. We're going to be, I think mom told him yeah. to. And like, really she be- I th- believes that that was part of it. Cause it was that night, you know, that night mm-hmm. it was on that. So it's same thing. Yeah, it is. Weird. It's weird. So yeah. that that part really got me. Yeah. And even how Craig T. Nelson was kind of choking up at the end, surveying mm-hmm. all of the family around him and how yeah. things had changed and how happy it all was. and How many people <sighs> came from that. Yeah. Yeah. And the part that got me was when she was talking to Dermot Maroney and telling him he didn't have to be so perfect, you know. And he made the saddest ugly cry face ever. He, oh my God, that scene. Yeah, he yeah, ugly yeah. ugly cried. Like he went for it in terms of acting. I don't know where he came up with that or what he used yeah. because that was like a serious, that didn't feel like acting. That yeah. felt like he is truly in pain. Like... Yeah. my mom is dying kind of face it was like whoa in in the i love that scene too because it was they were both so clearly uncomfortable mm-hmm. and there was kind of like this i think diane keaton was almost nervous laughing at some point yeah. if i remember right and that's like that's what those conversations are they're not yeah. these neat little things uh, these neat soliloquies there mm-hmm. the people involved you don't know what you're Nessie doing and he p- wants to please his mom and also yeah. is frustrated with her and part of him wanting to get engaged was part of the story of being so perfect yeah and, and how many even times though it's not right in how many times in your life do you have conversations like that like yeah. what, that conversation happens once with your mom yeah. to, if once so again, it's awkward and it's ugly. And like mm. you said, it's this just destructive motion pouring mm. out. And he did. He really went for it. And I like how the kids do what a lot of families do, which is get progressively less uptight as they go. It's like the first two oh, yeah, yeah. are like, you know, Savannah is, you know, a very proper woman who's married and is has one kid who's pregnant with another and then Everett is Dermot Mulroney. He's, you know, a businessman and he's very interested in how he's perceived. And then um, the son who's gay is, it looks like he's in some sort of business or something. Like they clearly do well. Mm. And then you get Ben, Luke Wilson, who's <laughs> like pothead kind of don't know and then you get rachel mcadams who's like coming up with an npr tote bag and, and a broke yeah, down volvo yeah just like what the hell and just pissed off at the world right yeah and it's just so oh that funny. is funny i didn't pick up on that yeah, yeah. and you oh. see that in a lot of families it's things get less organized as you go down the list well, there's it's there's like that commercial for uh, i think it's diapers or something where it has the mom interviewing the nanny and it's like oh well i see here you only have a master's and the next one she hands it to a person <laughs> you're like take out the nose ring or he'll grab at it or lose the nose ring he's grabbing and like was that the door that's funny uh, so let's go into sarah is this a romantic comedy well 
We don't have a meet cute between. Do we though? I was gonna say we don't have one between Sarah Jessica Parker and and Rupert uh, or in uh, oh my god Rupert Mur- Everett Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, blah. We don't see it, but we do have. Yes, you're right. We do have the uh, meet cute where she falls off the bus, mm-hmm. which. That's a great one. That's a great Claire one. Claire Danes falls off the bus right in front of um, Dermot Moroni and Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. And they're both like, wow. Yeah. And she has such shiny blonde hair. So pretty. <laughs> she reminds me of Laura Engelhardt. She's so pretty. Yeah. I love Claire Danes. She is great. So she, we have that. And, and then, then we have... Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Luke Wilson. Mm, I don't meeting. remember that one being really remarkable. He just comes in like he's Matt. like, hey, yeah. pretty lady. Yeah. He kind of comes off as creepy. So we really only have... I mean, the kind one of that's one more good meet, a traditional yeah, meet cute. set up. Okay, but we do cute. have at least a meet cute. Right. Reason they can't be together. I mean, Sarah deep. Jessica Parker's, Parker's like super SJP is super uptight and engaged, just almost engaged to his brother. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Why they can't oh. be together? Why she and Dermot can't be together is because they're not right for each other. They don't fit their personalities. You know, he's trying to make something fit that isn't. Square peg, round hole, like it ain't going to work. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't she in the show Square Square Pegs? I have absolutely no idea. I think she was. You know, she's from Ohio. She's from Sydney. And then she went to college at a performing arts, or high school at a performing arts school in Cincinnati. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. My uncle was the city manager of Sydney. Wow. <laughs> Uh, it does come up that Sarah Jessica Parker was in Square Pigs. There you go. A 1982 comedy with one season that I've never heard of until this conversation. Hey, there you go. Wonderful. I've never seen it. I just know it exists. Oh, okay. Well, and then, <laughs> and then they, uh... Reason the, that she and Luke Wilson can't be together. She's dating his brother. He's a pothead. She's a businesswoman. <laughs> He's, there's so many things. He's a pothead. She's a businesswoman. It's too goofy for prime doesn't time. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> what would they see in each other? That sounds like something that What do they CGIF. have in common? Yeah. Uh, soundtrack. Uh, nothing really exceptional. There's Christmas. Some Christmas. It's Christmas music. Yeah. yeah. The Judy Christmas. Garland number. If only they had the right one. What are you doing New Year's Eve? Yeah. They really missed out there. So, I mean, it's it's not a remarkable soundtrack, but it fits. No. Yeah. I don't remember any montages. No, there, there was montages? not. No, there weren't. Okay. This one had no montages because that did stand no out to me. Montage. But it would but it would not have fit in this type of movie. No. I don't uh-uh. think I don't think there was a way to do a montage Mm-mm. in this. It wasn't that type of No. It didn't have that energy. But this was an ensemble cast. Mm. Which some rom coms are. Yeah. You know what could have what could have been kind of a montage? Hmm. It could have been when they were at the bar drinking. It could have been cutting between I don't know what like it could have been her turning on the jukebox onto a song and her dancing with him but then cutting back to like the family members of the house getting like I don't know something ready for the next mm-hmm. day cooking wise and then couples <laughs> wrapping a present cutting to them walking down the street back to them dancing mm, like that's that, what I was thinking. That too. would have been the only place it would yeah. have fit, but yeah. yeah. So Okay, so no montage. Nobody really has a sassy side friend because it's a family. I guess Rachel McAdams is the sassy I would, one. Yeah, Rachel McAdams. She's not really a friend to anyone. Yeah, but they she's keep telling she's her to a cool sa- it. She's a sassy side character. I guess that's yeah. what it really is. But she doesn't give the back to reality speech. There's a couple in this movie. Yeah, but she's not the person. She's the one who no, they keep right. telling to stop it. <laughs> 
God, I love doing this. <laughs> I mean, Craig T. Nelson gives one back to reality speech to his wife about we're all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson gives a speech to her about Luke just letting, God damn it, about letting her freak flag fly. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know. it's SJP. Yeah. Um, Diane Keaton gives one to Dermot Moroni about, you know, there's a lot of truth bombs. There's a lot of truth bombs in this movie. Uh, the location is somewhere up in the Northeast. Yeah. Don't know where. Don't I don't know. Th- think they ever really did say, and if they did. Yeah. Beautiful little house. I, oh my god! Not dude. little. Big, that, I mean, it's a good size. Have house. I ever told you about my fascination with like tiny places and houses? So like, I love basements and I love attics. I know. We were in my parents' house, and you. Oh, okay. Like, I told both you about the basement this. and the attic. Yeah, and, and like, <laughs> like that, I could live up here. In that house at the tip, tip top had that little tiny room, mm-hmm. like a not a spire, and but like at the what middle I like tip top. architecturally is from the outside. You can see that room. It's like a little boop yeah. hat on top of the house. Yeah, I would love and to. And that's ha- where Rachel McAdams slept. I would love to be in that room. Yeah. I would love a tiny room like that. Yeah. I would never need to leave a room like that <laughs> if I had a house with that. My stepdad grew up in a similar house, a very a four square, you know, American four square with a big front porch. That's what that is. Oh, okay. But his was brick. But it didn't have that little top hat. Oh, you it need the top hat. It just had the regular roof and they were seven kids so he and his three brothers at least while they were all home lived in the attic slept in the attic every night and it was uninsulated and it was kind of like that but you just had like this you had so many people you just had to stick them in weird places and i'm so jealous every time you talk about sitting in your bean bag in your attic <laughs> I, every that was time, a big attic every time I mean, that ceiling was as tall as that's still, i just brand. like the idea it's, it's not even necessarily i guess the coziness it's like the it's either like way <laughs> high or tallest. way low it's yeah. like a up top bottom bottom top bookend yeah i can understand that i spent a lot of time in the attic in the basement as kids do. <laughs> yep. Uh, running time on this bad boy. Hour 46. So it's a little long. It's right in that pocket. It's like right there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel long, I don't think. I think no, it moves I like along. It. There's no real downtime. Yeah. Uh, the jobs of the protagonists. We don't know. International business. <laughs> pothead. Uh, doctor. Isn't the one like a... Is Lawyer. her sister a student or something, maybe? Or Rachel McAdams? Y- no, no, no. Oh, Claire, Claire. Danes. She works she like in a... like human rights or something. Okay, or... yeah. She or she takes surveys of environmental areas. Yeah, I and can't... are we to assume Craig T. Nelson and Diane Keaton are just retired? I, I guess think so. Okay, yeah. Jobs the protagonist very vague in this movie. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't come up a lot in Christmas movies. Yeah, or family movies. But it usually is spelled out in rom coms pretty clearly. Yeah, and this not. The levity, there's a good amount of levity. Yeah, this is a very light And a lot of physical comedy in that too. Even though it has heavy fucking subjects, it still stays light. Yeah. It's like how About Time does that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it It has some heavy shit, but it still exists on a plane of marshmallows. Yeah, it addresses it, it moves on, it doesn't get bogged down. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't get stuck in the mire of, of, you know emotional yeah because again even diane keaton's addressing her breast cancer they're Mm -hmm. they're they're there but it's not yeah that's not the focus of the movie it kind of reminded me have you ever seen the movie stepmom no it's susan sarandon and uh oh my god who's julia roberts oh it's so fucking good that's another movie that defines defies a genre because i guess it's a family movie but susan sarandon's I'm not giving away to say that she finds out she's dying of cancer. Her ex-husband is 
marrying a new woman, Julia Roberts, and they will effectively then have to raise her children, their children. And it's dealing with these two women dealing with that. And it somehow, like this, has a really fucking heavy subject, but it does such a good job of still being funny mm-hmm. and having that Nora Ephron kind of just great connection and and good feeling and i think that's what you want in a christmas movie and in a family drama too Mm. it's like that's why people love this is us and what's that other one with um isn't craig t nelson in the other one too uh parenthood parenthood craig t nelson is in parenthood Mm -hmm. people love that shit yeah yeah i don't like it necessarily in a sitcom because it gets like okay how many fires I, and cancers can you have? I, I think This Is Us is emotionally but abusive God, to the viewer. I've never even yeah. watched it. I watched like half of one episode and I was like, yeah. this is just not, th- I, yeah. th- I'm not signing Parenthood up for Parenthood is less show. so like that. I've I, seen an episode or two of Parenthood. But when you have it in a 140 minute segment yeah. and it tells a story beginning to end, I think it's a lot more palatable. Yeah. And people can make the connection to their own lives and to their own families, mm-hmm. you know? Subgenre, is there such thing as a family, family rom com? I would say so because, uh, like we, well, we deemed it the wasn't a rom com, but that last that last one. But bringing someone home, home to your family holidays. for a holiday that yeah. would be, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'd call it a family. Meet the parents. Family. Yeah, there you go. Family. That's rom-com. a family. Like, there's a. It's almost a not sub-genre. even a subgenre. It's almost <laughs> like a wing. It's almost its own. It's like rom com light. Mm-hmm. Well, for this for this instance, Sarah, we're gonna call it a subgenre. All right, all right. <laughs> fair enough. We have the precocious child, the the daughter. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. we have a lot of physical comedy. We don't have any cameos. No, it's a it's a tight cast. People um, that are in it are the people that are in it. Lots of real world advice slash yeah. learning moments. Uh, lots of self discovery, but really doesn't revolve around a central storyline but that happens with an ensemble too yeah well know. then i guess bleep, bleep, like an alien came bleep, down bleep. and was like hey sarah i want to watch a christmas Magic romantic comedy, comedy. Where, where would you place this like one to well ten. are we how saying much of a, christmas romantic comedy or are we saying romantic how comedy? much of a rom-com is it yeah we'll go rom-com it's probably like 6.5 because it didn't really tell a specific story but i also have trouble with that because it is an ensemble cast i'm gonna go a little bit higher than you on this one i'm gonna say it's an eight i mean an eight i will go i will go like an eight i'll go higher than you because remove the romantic elements from the movie remove the Mm -hmm. the meat cute remove the going to the bar and all of that stuff and what are you really left with you're left with maybe 25 minutes of of Diane Keaton and you know yeah and in, in the the other sub store story about them getting a kid and it hits a lot it hits a lot of our marks that we have down there yeah and, and I don't know what else you would really call I mean, this yeah I mean it does similar things to wedding crashers where you have the family and you have these weird things of who's sleeping where and what's going on and Maybe I'll scale it back involved. a little bit. I'm going to go seven and a half then. I'll scale it back a half a point. Okay. Yeah, because it, it is more like a family type of family romantic comedy. Yeah. But, I, but, I'll, but I'll put it up there. I would call this mostly a romantic comedy myself. Yeah. 
Are you sticking with your six, six, six and a half? Yeah. Okay. Because I wish it had a little bit more in the soundtrack mm. and... I don't know that it's more soundtrack. I don't know where it would have benefited other than your one song. I mean, yeah. this movie was a lot of, I mean, it was a dialogue. It, it was the pe- people were moving back and forth. There wasn't a lot of downtime where you needed background music or anything to contribute to a scene. That was the one thing I was thinking while watching it is like, yeah. where would even a I soundtrack really have added it. to it? I really liked it a lot. Oh yeah. No, we definitely both liked this movie. I just wouldn't show it to an alien. Mm-hmm. I might. <laughs> I think I might. Like I said, I'm. If it was Christmas. I'm seven and a half. I might. If I was simply having a wonderful Christmas time, I would show it to the alien. I guess. Is there anything else, Sarah, that you <laughs> wish to wish to discuss uh, regarding regarding see you the family all on stone? Jeopardy? Yep, all on Jeopardy. Congratulations again. Thank you. That's really exciting. Well, Sarah, if anybody wanted to check out our Instagram and and get in contact uh, that manner, how would they do that? They would go to romcomcom, D-O-T-com on Instagram. And we'll try and post that a video of this yeah. ridiculous concert <laughs> I went to that does not do it justice. Uh, <laughs> and uh, as always, if someone wanted to listen to our intro and outro song mm-hmm. called Love. With the keys what? to cat heaven. Yeah. What band would they look up though? This is my suitcase. Yeah. Check those guys out again. Good Columbus band. Uh, I saw an article that Manos, the guy we met up at, Nick, uh, yeah. yeah, that we met up at uh, brew dog. I didn't read the article, but it has something to do with him and brewing and I'm going to read it. And in next episode, I <laughs> will update you. Yeah. Something happened. Stay tuned for next episode what to find out what he happened. He fell in the brewing vat. Oh no. And, and now he it's was haunted. the ghost. He was yes. like, Oh no. Nick, I'm sorry. Well, I'll say this. People were congratulating him online underneath mm. the article, so I don't know they would contribute, uh, congratulate him on becoming a ghost. Maybe it was the best beer but... they've ever made. <laughs> ghost beer? You just don't know. Oh, no. I will leave you with this. Last night while we were at the show, there was smoke that kept randomly coming out, creating Ooh. a thick blanket across the stage as the guy was playing sexy sax, <laughs> and I kept leaning over to my uncle and going, hey, that... uh." A damn ghost keeps coming back. (laughs) (laughs) You just looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? I had fun this week, Sarah. I did too. All right. Happy holidays. Bye. What is it?